Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow, alongside Dwayne Drawn. What's going on, Dwayne? What's going on, my man? Chilling like a villain. Hey, man, you out in the air at all this week? No, actually, I've been trying to take a break a little bit. Like, you know, one of the things that about this airplane thing is I have to pass this damn test. Mm -hmm. And so my brain is so stuck on flying the plane and not taking a test. So I'm like punishing myself a little bit. Like, dude, stay out the fucking airplane and study for the test. So I've been studying for the test. I don't know if I want to drop it on the air just yet, but I sort of made a decision on the plane. I haven't said yes to one just yet. Let me let me take this back. I said yes. I just haven't signed any paperwork yet. So, but okay. it, it won't happen till next year. I, I got a game plan. I got to build up the bread. The wife is in on it, but it's going to cost a little bit more bread than I thought it was. Like I'm going to have to steal from you and steal from everybody and <laughs> rob and rob a bank and all kind of shit just to get this plane. <laughs> You know what, though? I'm, is your wife thinking, wait a minute, if he wants a plane, do I want some jewelry, too, to kind of make this, create please, that leverage? <laughs> please don't say this, dude. She's on me for this ring. She has her friend calling me. She oh, has damn. a jeweler calling me. Like, bro, don't even don't even say that, because if she listens to this podcast, I'm going to hear it. She's going to hold back. <laughs> You're going to be signing the contract before you sign a contract. <laughs> oh, it, I tell you what, that ring better be on her finger before that plane is in the hangar. That's all yep. I do know that. You'll I do never know hear that the end much. of it. Yeah, I'll never hear that. <laughs> oh, well, today we have a special guest on, uh, Kyle Stevens. He owns Stonewood and Waters up in Honeyoy Falls, New York, outside of Rochester. And I've known Kyle for a couple of years now as a great soul and Good guy. We actually found, actually, you reached out to me, didn't you, Kyle, a couple of years ago just to say what's going on since we're in the same industry doing similar work. And it's been such a, such a great friendship so far. So I figured we'd bring him on and have you guys listen to how mindset and business has really kind of played out for him and some of the things that he's gone through and how to, how he's overcome them through his journey. So without any further ado, welcome, Kyle. How you doing? Thanks, guys. Thanks. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's been uh, it's been a fun ride, hasn't it? Yeah, it sure has. It sure has. It's uh, you know, man, you as just... I was thinking about being on the show here today, I was thinking about just what an incredible connection that we've all had over the last few years, and how it's just it's amazing how it's all kind of come together, and you know, and our relationships have, have blossomed, and it's really it's really a blessing. Absolutely, and. First time Kyle and I spoke on the phone and I was like, man, there's just something here. This guy's got an amazing soul, amazing heart, and he's passion driven. And I'm like, this is the kind of guy I want in my life. And, you know, it's been, we've been staying in touch and then we had a UPW and he came along and, and it was a lot of fun to, to get to know him even more. So again, we wanted to share with him, you know, him with you guys today. So we'll get started out here. So what got you into this outdoor living crazy world we're in? Well, it goes back quite a way. Quite a ways. I've been doing this since '92, roughly, and um, I started out as a. Uh, I had gone to the Rochester Institute of Technology for various things, and ultimately was doing some mechanical engineering and was a toolmaker. And uh, I was a young guy, and I started buying apartments, and you know, and that's really what happened. That's it's it's really. I wish I could say that I had a passion for horticulture and that's where it all came from or something. It's not the typical landscaper profile, I guess. I uh, I just had all these lawns I had to cut from these rental properties. I was taking too much of my time. So I, I basically, I bought a mower and next thing you know, I became a serial entrepreneur and, and I was cutting like 70 extra lawns a week. And, and I found that, you know, over the years, I've always had that gift to be able to build anything, 
you know, I, I can picture anything and how it goes together. And uh, people started asking me for outdoor living things. And so one thing led to another. And in uh, 2004, we rebranded the company from a maintenance company to a pretty much exclusively a outdoor living design build firm. And with our focus on artistic spaces and artistic solutions for our challenging spaces. So we weren't the company that people call to just bang out a patio or, you know, that we never, you know, we never did the jobs that were easy. It was always more challenging jobs, which really led me down the, the path of discovering what I was good at and what I wasn't good at. So yeah, it's, it's been an incredible journey. At one point we had a, a very prominent commercial snow removal business in this area. I mean, we're just south of Rochester, New York, and we get a lot of snow. And we even had a, uh, it was kind of our, our claim to fame, we had a reality TV show that followed us around and filmed us all winter long in our snow work. It's called uh, Project Snow Fighters, and it was, a, it was really a fun thing. It was a... Uh, there's a large manufacturing company here in Rochester that we're very good friends with, and that's ProTech Manufacturing, and they uh, they basically funded the whole thing. And it was it was a it was worth, you can find it on YouTube. It's a lot of fun and laughs. You can, yeah, it's just Kyle. I got a question at for my you. expense. Back in 2004, you said you guys were doing outdoor living, and I think my brain wasn't. I was doing like paper patios then, and I wasn't really open to outdoor living, so I didn't see it yet. You know what I mean? Where were you guys getting your in, where were you getting your inspiration and ideals from back at that time? So in the early 2000s we I had a relationship with a now this is mind you this is before social media I mean you know there was no Facebook or any of that stuff back then so but I had this client who quite frankly he was uh, very wealthy and he basically changed his mind all the time and so he basically hired us to develop this incredible space that included, at one point, I think we were at like 30,000 feet of heated brick. And I mean, just crazy, crazy things. And basically what he did was his, uh, his business was marketing and he poured into me his creative eye. And, um, and basically... I attribute a lot of my design success to him, quite frankly, because he would take the time to stop us and say, hey, have you thought about doing it this way? Or have you thought about that? Or why are you doing it this? Or, you know, so he really took my OCD to an entirely new level. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it was intense. But be because of his investment into my creativity, I all of a sudden I, I realized that you know, I'm not just a patio guy. I'm not just a deck builder. I'm not going to, you know, and we, we focused on pretty unique spaces. And it was kind of, I mean, Rochester is a different market than a lot of your markets. But, uh, you know, people would want an in-ground pool. And the in-ground pool business in our area is a broken sales process. And yeah. there was no one presenting a plan. They would just sell you a pool with a three-foot pool deck around it and then, You'd be done. You think uh, just so in your area? <laughs> you think that's the problem just in your area? I still <laughs> see try, the, try the United States. I think there's, they're probably going to be mad at me from this podcast, but I think there's a seminar they go to and mm -hmm. it says, let's screw all the clients. Okay. I think they all hoopla and hurrah at this seminar and they teach them how to screw the clients because it's that's a tough business. I, I don't understand where their customer service and where their mindset is. I don't get it. Well, but it's across think, the country. Honestly, I mean, not to get too off track, but I mean, they sell pools. That's what that's their mindset. That is their business, and they do a damn good job at it. You know, they know exactly, you know, where to go and 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 how to sell to the maximum of their spending budget for a pool. But they're never. They've never said that they create a pool experience, right? They don't, they don't brand themselves as creating a pool experience. They sell that pool, giving the customer the illusion that they're going to have all of their memories in the pool. When the reality is, is less than 30% of the time they're in the pool. 
right? So there's an outdoor uh, living space around. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) You know, it's funny. Years ago, we were doing a project and a client brought a pool builder to the table. And we used to do that. We used to partner with clients who had our pool builder and we'd do everything around and we would organize everything. It was a huge pain in the ass. But anyway, point is this pool builder was, it was, how should I say, very creative in, in his way of not solving problems. <laughs> Let's put it that way, right? Uh, just not very good at communication, very much his way or the highway and just confrontational, a real dick. Let's put it that way. And I asked him one day, I'm like, dude, how could you act like this and get more work? Like, seriously, how can anybody hire you? I mean, that you're not getting referrals. That's obvious. He's like, dude, there's one thing we learn in the pool industry. Once they get wet, they forget that's how we live. And I was like, holy shit. But you know what the crazy part? He's not that wrong. No, once people get the pool and the guy leaves, they just, they're like, all right, well, yeah, like the guy was an idiot, but we got a pool, right? I'm like, who wants to tolerate that shit? It's crazy. It's like, how fast do we forget the snowstorm? You know, it's, it's a nightmare. We're dealing with the snow and then, and then all of a sudden it's gone and you forget it. You forget about how awful it was. You know, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I, for some reason, I just maybe that's to make up who I am. I don't, but want to be reminded like that. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like, um, you could do anything you want to a person, but it's how you make them feel is what you mean makes it happen. Like you know what I mean. Like you know, just how we have customer service things like that. We work our best to make clients happy, and the one client that we work with that's not happy, my feelings is hurt. You mean like I go to bed all butthurt and upset because the one and it probably something I just I mean, it could have been them, something I couldn't do. But I'm going through my head like, what is it that I couldn't do to solve that issue? You mean like, why be a dick? Like, I who wants to be known as a dick all their life? I don't know. Some people just love that shit, dude. Yeah. Love it. Kyle, question for you is, why do you love what you do? Why this industry? What, what gets you up and fired up in the morning about what you do? <laughs> well, let's see. Well, I'll tell you something. I I think that part of the business that I love the most is the part of the business that I love the most is to be able to share creativity with other people in an impactful way. Mm-hmm. Meeting with customers and with no intent. I am not a salesman. I'm not there to sell them anything. They call me to find a solution and yep. tap into my creativity. And I love that. That, that to me is, you know, and I just love it. You know, the rest of it, sometimes I really question my sanity, you know, <laughs> but, you know, but I love the interaction with people and, and it's the opportunity for me to have an impact in their life, whether it's just reassuring them that their purchase is going to be sensible and that we're working within their means or you know, I mean, most of my clients, we become really good friends. And, um, you know, I just matter of fact, called a guy on my way home here to do the interview, you know, just to check in on him. You know, I mean, I think that has become my goal is impacting people through just being kind and, and being honest and forthright and uh, sharing my creativity. I was uh, bitching to one of my friends. He was in another industry uh, a couple months ago. And I was just talking about, you know, I mean, somewhat about the industry a little bit. And he, you know, I mean, he hit me back with something that sort of made me think. And I'm going to hit you with the question. He was like, Dwayne, what industry is together? Like, what industry is right? Like, because, you know, I was bitching about the landscape, some of the things like that. So it's like the financial industry screwed up. The banking industry is messed up. The transportation, I mean, what is right? So when you look at the industry and you know, I heard you say, like, there's some things. Okay, this is a two-part question. What are the things that you like the most? And what are the things that you hate the most about the industry? Well, the industry specific, I think, is in all in all, it's a great, it's a great industry, very creative minded people. Um, but the problem is with the landscape industry, in my opinion, is that, you know, there's no real formalized training required. It's a zero entry business. Anybody can get into it. And the, the challenge is, and I think that most of the listeners that have been in business any period of time, can this will resonate with them, is that I think at our root, we're all good workers. You know, we're all good workers. I love to build things. You know, you tell me you need something. Oh, shit, I'll build that thing. Right? No problem. The problem is, is that 
for most of us, we don't know what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. Just because you get an opportunity to build, build a big retaining wall for somebody doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you should be doing. So the challenge is, is that guys get in over their head too quick. No, in my opinion, 98% of the industry has no idea what their numbers need to be or should be, okay, which is a huge problem. So they work, 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 and then the end of the year, they hope that they made some money or they wonder where it all went. I used to consider my business a colander. You know, you get done, you make the pasta, there's all the money, and you dump it in the colander, and it just it all just runs right off the bottom. And the reason for that was for 20-something years, I never really knew my numbers well enough to be able to manage a company of the size and caliber that I had built. My enthusiasm and my charisma had created this business that became a monster. So it's easy to build a business. It's easy to grow because there's tons of opportunity. And if you have the charisma and, you, and you're halfway decent at communicating, you can sell work. But having the root of having the, the foundation and knowing your numbers and knowing exactly why you shouldn't have guys work on a Saturday or why you could afford to have them work on a Saturday, that's a game changer. So it was uh, You think that's just business in general? I do. I mean, you know, I can I can only really comment about the landscape industry, but I think that's general contracting in general, and I'm sure that that extends well, well, well beyond that. And um, something that's interesting is uh, years ago, I, I had that. It's a, it's a real privilege in my book to be friends with this guy named Jason Cup. And uh, Jason had had several prominent landscape companies in the Kansas City area. He, uh, he actually came to my shop one time and we spent a weekend together and we went over our numbers and, and uh, he did an aptitude test, you know, and we were going to go through and, and check everyone's natural at Colby Challenge is what it's called. I basically, when I took the test, everything that I thought I was good at, I wasn't good at. And everything that I hated to do is what I was really good at. So if I had to take his advice and put the right person in the right job, basically I would have been out of a job. So what that did for me, though, is that really opened my eyes to, okay, Am I working for a paycheck? Am I working to run a business? Yeah. You know, it, 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 unfortunately, when you build a company over the years, it's easy to build a company, but it's very challenging to turn it off, to slow it down or downsize or to make radical adjustments to where you're operating in a small footprint. So at that point, you know, I built a pretty big operation, quite, quite large, and it was it was a nightmare to slow yeah. it down. So I know most most come into this industry, you know, as either a hobby or a way to make extra money, or to your point of zero clearance to get in. Right? They they get in and they get a truck and they go out there and they start finding out they can make all the money as opposed to being a W two employee and having to pay, you know, or not or get paid less and all taxes and all this stuff and feel like you're kind of bound to a certain level you can get to, but when you're on your own, you can do whatever the hell you want. It's as much energy as you put into it, right? So the problem is though, especially in our industry, since there is no testing, there is no basis or standard to start with. Most of us, and including myself, didn't come out of school with a business degree, so I knew how to run a business. Didn't come out of school with a marketing degree, so I knew how to market a business, right? Didn't come out of school with any of these things so that we start out and we just have to learn on the street, Right? It's a constant learning on the street as you go. You make you know, mistakes. You have good days. You have bad days. But to your point, at the end of the year, when you dump that spaghetti in the colander, right, and you know, like, there's nothing left because the holes are too big. It's running right out the bottom. You're like, son of a bitch. Like, I worked a whole year and didn't make any money. Like, it looked like there was plenty in the account. Everything looked fantastic. And then at the end of the year, my tax guy says, you know, you got to pay all that to the IRS. <laughs> and you're like, shit, I worked all year to pay the government? It's like, yeah. it's, you know, the thing is, to your point about numbers, it is so so powerful when you can start getting a sense of what those numbers are and leading with your heart and passion and all that good stuff, but understanding how to run a business, right? Because at the end of the day, as the business owner, you have to lead the company, you have to direct it, and you also have to learn how to work, you know, on your business, not in it constantly. And that's the right. toughest part for us to flip the switch from being that that builder, the one, because I love building cool shit too, just like you, just like Dwayne, like we love building cool shit, but eventually you've got to turn that off and start becoming a leader of people who love to do that. 
And that's the biggest transition that it takes to get from the one stage to the next stage in your business. Most never get past that. They get stuck in that because it's too scary to let it go and then trust that somebody else is going to do it the same or better than you. And crazy part is <laughs> they really <Yeah>. do. You know, <laughs> you got you to develop new skills in order to get to that next level. And I think that's what you're speaking on is that, that kind of next step. Yeah. You know, what's interesting right now that I see a lot. So now I've kind of transitioned into this different role where I do a lot of mentoring with other companies and uh, a lot of which are my subcontractors or, you know, other people around the country. And um, what I, uh, what I really notice is there's because labor is so challenging right now for everyone that people are enabling the, uh, there was this, uh, well, they're enabling lackluster employment employees to remain you know it's like the guys who they, they they'll show up late every day okay and but the employer is so worried about just so glad he's there that he's willing to forgo and forget that 30 minutes late every day for a week or or you have a situation where someone is just just flat out negligent or they're you know disrespectful or their their code of conduct is just totally off. But the employer's hands are so tied now that they, they're so afraid that if they fire the person, they're not going to be able to replace them. And in, in, a, yeah. in a sense, what happens is it becomes a cancer because then yeah. everyone yeah. else sees it and every it's a just it's a slow demise, you know. How much of that do you feel is the culture of the company? Well, because I'm think be, that, be honest, yeah. I don't I don't have that problem. You know what I mean? Like, right. I feel like people are knocking down the doors trying to come in now, and the people that we that we do have, like I actually saw one of like I almost cried. I really did. I was at a job site, and I just did. I didn't want to cry because I didn't want to seem like a sissy in front of everybody. But I heard my contractor basically looked at the client, and he says, "We're not a transaction company. We're a transformation company, and Ooh, we work nice. in your yeah. backyard." Like I fucking preach that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, we, yeah. we make sure that we transform and make you feel. So I actually got like on the contractor side, they're banging down the doors. Go, go, go. I want in. I want in. Anytime we, we put just a, a little smidgen up to bring somebody in, they're banging on the doors wanting to come in. And we just, I mean, we had an interview today. Like, I don't even know what position we're putting this girl in, but I just told Isabel, I said, hire her and we'll figure it out. Like <laughs> we just had one coming today and just her, just the aura of who she was was beautiful. And yeah. I'm like, that's who I want. Even if I don't know what position to bring her in, that's what I want in the company. So the question is, how much of it is culture? Like oh, I think when you hear it, because you hear some companies doing well, some companies are, are, are complaining about that. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely agree with you, Dwayne. It's, it's all about company culture. And, but with that being said is when you have standards that you set forth in the company, if you've got a good, healthy company culture, well, you don't have those issues necessarily. But yep. if if they do arise, you have to act on them because if you don't, it's game changer. Everything company culture just went out the door. And so I do know that you know in our area there's some there's some dynamic teams of people that have just they it's all about their culture and, and their standards and, and what they expect out of people and and uh and their staff and they've built tremendous enterprises but for the general consent the general company out there company culture is lacking they don't you know a lot of guys yeah. don't even have handbooks yeah you're talking about the yeah I, I see what you're saying now i get what you're saying you're you're talking about that company that i used to own yeah, hey, me too. <laughs> that business owner that I used to be. Yeah, I yep, mean, yep. woo, that was horrible. I used, I used to be out there smoking weed with the dudes. You mean, <laughs> hey, dog, hey, we, we doing lunch? We doing, let's see, if we said we was doing lunch, that means we were getting high. You know what I mean? I remember one day we pulled up to the job site and we had the truck windows closed and we're in there getting high and the customer walks out. And we're like, holy shit, he's coming. I'm staying, I'm in the passenger seat and I'm looking at him walking. And my, my buddy, my, my cousin is with me. We're both smoke. We're, we, we're done smoking now. We done put it out. He was like, he's coming. We're staring at him. He's like, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. So he comes to the door and he knocks on the window. We're looking like, do we open it? Do we, we're high as fuck right now. Do we open it? Do we open it? So we roll the window down and the weed just hits him like, bow, all in his face. And he was like, wow, that explains such great work that you guys do. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was my company culture. And oh, oh, the 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 business was in the center console, like all the paperwork, mm-hmm. the computer. My whole business ran by the center console of my pickup truck. It was horrible. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, there's I, I definitely have seen a lot of that over the years. Yeah. <laughs> well the interesting part is, you know, when it comes to holding and retaining employees and, and building that culture is, you know, you have to ask yourself one big ass question. Why? Why would that potential hire want to work for you? It's not if it's just about money, you're always gonna have a transaction, right? Just like Dwayne said, same thing with outdoor living. It's a transactional. You're going to hate your work. You're just going to get it done. It's just money. But if you start thinking about the transformational side, so instead of it just being outdoor living, you're trying to help these people transform their lives and use your business as a vehicle to get them to their goals faster, right? So we actually had a book that we all read here in the office called Big Five for Life. And what it basically says is, you know, you pick uh, five things that you want to achieve in your life and then you figure out a way to get there, right? So with that being the case, great book. Anybody that you can get on Amazon, it's a fantastic short read. But what it really does is we did it as a team and everybody wrote down their big five and their PFE, their you know purpose for existing and all that stuff. And we all read them together. So we all understood a much more deep dive into each person's driving force, their whys, their, their bigger goals in life that isn't just business related, but life in general, right? And the cool stuff is you start seeing threads there. So when you start planning things like a company event or you're planning like Christmas vacation or not vacation, but Christmas presents or just how to approach somebody when you know what their bigger goals are. Maybe it's a vacation. Maybe it's time with family, whatever it might be. That's their big stuff. Maybe it's climbing a mountain. Maybe it's buying a car that they really want, a fancy car, whatever. If you can help by having your business be a vehicle to get them there quicker, and I don't mean pay for this shit. I mean, give them the opportunity to grow as a human to be able to get those things. Now they have a place that they're never going to leave. Now they have a place that they're going to be loyal to because it's not just about a paycheck anymore. It's about their life. They get most U.S. citizens get about, well, the world too, but this is just a U.S. statistic, 28,000 days to live, right? That's the average, 78 years. So the question is, every single day that, I, that a, a employee shows up to your office or to your job site, that's one of those days that they're giving to you. What are you giving back besides money? What are you giving back? Once that's clear and the why is clear for where they're with you, they're going to be with you for a lifetime. Unless big things change in your life, they're going to be with you and be loyal because they know you both have the same interests in mind, their growth and your growth at the same time. That's where most lose it. Most think it's just a money thing. Employees are coming just for the cash. I know that people will, will take less per hour if they know that they're in a mission-driven company that's that's doing more than just paying them. You know, it's not a prostitute-type system where you're paying cash for action. You know what I mean? And that's that's how most of this industry works. You're like, go mow 50 lawns and I'll give you this much. Like, this, it's the... That is not how people are driven deeply on the surface. Sure. They got bills. They got to pay, yada, yada, yada. But that's the, once you show them there's a deeper meaning to all of this, they become part of your team and they're going to be unbelievably loyal to you, but you've got to go there first. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I don't want anybody working for me who, um, working for, with us, not for me, but with us who are out for a paycheck. Um, if it's like, I try to catch it in the beginning. And even contractors, like we had, we had a really, the guy did really great, but if I catch that, I let him go, Kyle. And this is, this is something like you're, you're like cool dude to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like you said some things when we met in November, it was just some beautiful things. And I sort of want to go there. And it was sort of the change in catalyst of my life. It was things that I was doing is um, when I went to the first UPW, I came back and I was doing the priming and the gratitude thing. and I did three gratitudes, then the healing of myself and everybody else. Then I'll go to the things that I want. But something very special that you had said, and and you didn't even go to any of these events yet. You said you were able to turn around and change your life by going through the gratitude every single morning, and you would pick something new. Can you sort of explain a little bit about that to the listeners so they can get a better understanding of what yeah, you do and how you yeah, do it? Yeah, that's a great question. I So basically... It would have been almost 20 years ago now. I found myself in a, in a very, unfortunately, I was in a very unhappy marriage, struggling with a lot of things, and, uh, personal things, and business was out of control, busy, and, you know, my life was, was off. And I realized one day, um, 
that I was living my life out of expectation and not appreciation. And that my drive for things that really didn't matter were controlling my life. And um, I found that for me, I'm a very spiritual guy and we, we won't need to get into all that, but I found that I was like, uh, I was like the friend to God that only asked for help when he needed something heavy moved or, you know, was in a, it was in a bind, you know, it was like the only time I had time to recognize the fact that I am surrounded with so many beautiful, incredible things that I don't deserve. I don't deserve anything, you know, but yet every day I get up, every day I'm given an opportunity to do something great in my life. I've given an opportunity to meet incredible people like you two guys. And uh, and when in my life do I take time out to wholeheartedly thank God for those things? So I decided 20 years ago that I would start my day every day giving thanks. And I and the, the basically what I had set up for myself was I said, okay, I'm going to pick 10 things in my life that I take for granted. I'm going to jot them down, and I'm going to wholeheartedly thank God for those things, these gifts, as blessings in my life, because I said I deserve nothing. And but here's the here's the twist: is that I would pick ten new things every day, and and no repeats. Okay, so obviously you can ask, you know be grateful for the same thing over and over and over again, but they don't count as your ten things every day. So ten new things every day, and. So, you know, most for most people, they think, eh, you know, it's no big deal. Um, that's, not, that's not hard. And it isn't for the first 10 days. But what happens is, is after you've got to the 10th day, you've picked 100 things. Now there's a shift where all of a sudden you find yourself looking all day for the things to take note of and be grateful for the following day. So I used to struggle with serious you know, anxiety. I would lose my temper all the time. I was just, you know, it was terrible. And um, I could never figure out why, because I'm a happy guy. And it was because my perspective was off. My glass was always half empty. It wasn't half full. And by picking those 10 things every day in my life, it shifted. And now all of a sudden my eyes are up and I have nothing but opportunity. And what happened is, is after you do that for a period of time, you know, it's my, it's my belief that God blesses a grateful heart and opportunities would, I never advertised. I never marketed opportunities always came in the door. If I, you know, we, we needed 40 grand for payroll, I'd go to the mailbox and it would be there. I mean, crazy, crazy shit in my life has happened because of picking those 10 things. Now, I'll take it to the next step. And I don't know if I've shared this with you guys or not, but since COVID, so now obviously 20 years, I'm 20 years deep, I do get a little forgetful on my 10 things, you know. And, you know, I'll do it when I'm driving and things like that. But now I, I after uh, I've recently been remarried and um, I have a 45 minute commute to my office. So now I find myself picking my 10 things in the morning, but more so since COVID happened, I realized that we've gone from a society where we, you know, we, you could go up to somebody, give them a hug. You know, you could interact with people and there wouldn't be this wall. Okay? So now what I do is I have a very big, pretty big network and uh, been very blessed to have meet all these people over the years. And so now what I do in the morning is I, I think about, the touch points in my life and how every single person, no matter how insignificant, has been a touch point. And I think about that and I think about what has come out of it or what may, may come out of it. And I wholeheartedly lift those people up and I thank God for those people's gifts. You guys have all been on that list. And then I follow it up with a phone call and I call them up and I just say, hey, listen, you know, no strings attached. I'm proud of you. I'm grateful that we've, you know, we have this relationship. I love you. And, uh, you know, just sending some good vibes your way. You actually do do that. Yeah, you do do that. You do do that. I you sure did. Shit I mean, did. Yeah. yeah. You know what I was like? I was you like, were my boy. I'm like, what the fuck is he calling me? He said, just what's up? I didn't want shit. Like, I'm like, oh, that's a cool ass dude. You know what I mean? You did do yeah. that to me. Yeah, yeah. you did it to me like three oh, times, yeah. too. So 
you know. Let me give you a tip. Let me give you a tip, though. Yeah. You want to hear the tip? Yeah. Talk to me, though. <laughs> you say it and click, boom, gone. I'm like, damn, that yeah. was it. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was it. You know, I have a problem talking. Okay, you just said you can me on a leech. Yeah. You know that. But, of course. You know, it's it's not, you know what happens is when you if you do something like that, if you reach out and you, you talk to somebody like that or you give them a message, it's almost best to have it on it on their voicemail because people don't really know how to receive it. You know. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so then they they quickly feel compelled to say, oh, you know, I feel the same about you. Well, that's not really it was. It's, I appreciated it, you know, yeah, yeah. But it really was never necessary. It was it wasn't it was the goal is to pour in to someone. Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you, every single matter of fact, I even mentioned it as I was coming home. I called this guy. I was thinking about him. I called him. This client that I've known for a long time, not close with at all, and, and he's been on my mind the last three weeks. I haven't been able to get a hold of him, and I finally got a hold of him, and he's been in the hospital, super sick, and you know, and it, it gave me the opportunity to just you know boost his spirit and you know talk with him and encourage him, and you know, so that is now my that is now my daily thing, you know, and I love, I love it. I am grateful. I love it too, dude. W because. It, it just, I, I don't know if that would have happened if I hadn't experienced what we did down there. See, yeah. when I'm doing it, I'm still on, like, you know, you do the, the priming, you do three of them. Like, I'm still on the same three for, like, the past year. Like, it's yeah. just, I may drop a new one. In matter of fact, I'm still on the same UPW that I went to the first time. Yeah. I still visualize and wa- I still see myself walking and turning a corner in there. But I think I'm going to try this, what you're doing, and do something brand new. That sounds really dope to me is t- in, because now I can slow down because I already, I already respect the stars, the moon, the sun. But maybe show some love that I can see them. You know what I mean? Just get that small because everything that I'm doing is these big significant things. I'm a pilot. You mean I solo fly? I mean, that's big shit. But Really, if you're going to be gracious about things, it's the small things in life too. You gotta yeah. love and enjoy. Yeah. So, when yeah, you're thank on man. Your bike man, by that pond tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's exactly. every morning, bro. Yeah, I hate waking up in the morning too. When that alarm clock goes off, it's five, four, three, two, one, and I'm gone. Yeah, like yeah. you know what I mean. Love and and it's, it sucks every morning too. Like fuck, I gotta get up. But you know what? Five, four, three, two, one. My feet hits the ground at five oh, not even five oh one. At five point one five. My yeah. feet is on the ground. You know what I mean? And I'm gone. Yeah. 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 No, no, it's, it's a powerful. And, and to your point, both of you guys, you know, at UPW, Kyle, when you shared that with us about coming up with new things to be grateful for every day, I was doing the same, same thing Dwayne was. I was rolling the same few through and I was grateful for them. But when you said, you know what? I change them up every single day. Exactly yeah. what you said happened. I started looking all day long for things to be grateful for the next day. And imagine mm-hmm. how your mindset changes when you go from this whole life happening to me for look at all this beauty around me, right? So Most Josh, you've been changing it up? You've I been did. changing it I've been it changing up? ever since UPW, ever since he mentioned that, ever since Kyle dropped <laughs> that bomb on me, I was like, holy hell, dude. Yeah. And at that point, it's exactly what I've been doing every day since. And See, I fought it. Yeah. I don't fought fight it, dude. It, but I never forgot in. it. I heard him say it and I never forgot because I was like, I don't want to let go that I went to UPW and how amazing. I don't want to let go that I'm a solo pilot. Like, I didn't want to let go that, you know what I mean? I can't say that part about my wife, you know what I mean? But But I didn't want to let go that we do all these things all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But now you're you're right. Just come in from the freaky from the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right, I'll do that. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, congrats on the marriage, too, by the way. Hey, thank you. Congrats on the marriage. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I can't even. Put it into words. I mean, it's funny. I think I shared this with you guys. And is that you know I was married for 22 years. I mean, I'm no quitter. I and I stayed in there, and and I did try. And and um, and you know, I think a lot of it was business related. Just this, no work life balance. You know, I just I didn't know how to shut it off. I'd be laying in bed, and I'd be thinking of you know, okay, which way are those guys going to turn in the morning? They turn right on red at that light, or are they going to turn left? You know, and I, I never was able to shut it off. And I wasn't. Um, 
So thank God I've I learned, you know, from those mistakes. But uh, I always thought I was good, you know. And um, you know, I, I man, I've been single a long time, and, and uh, I thought, geez, you know, I I have no 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 need to be in another relationship. You know? And this is going to sound sappy to a lot of people, but what I what I realized is that I was missing one thing I never knew I was lacking, and that's what it means to have a true companion. And you know, she, I mean, this, she's a rock star, you know, she's got my back all the time and it's just now. So now what do I look forward to doing? Getting home before in life. And I think a lot of people can, you know, also resonate with a lot of people is that we Kyle, all have Kyle, this. Can I ask your age? Yeah. 50 uh, something, 53. Okay. So you're like, yeah. you're in that phase. Um, I'm actually studying right now, not studying, but you know, you're thinking, remember Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill? Mm. Have you read that book? Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh, wait, dope. wait, wait. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. Dope book. Okay. Chapter 11, it's um, Sex Transmutation. And sexual energy is actually the most powerful energy known to any, anything we got. And what it states is a lot of us, a lot of our successful habits and things like that comes from inspiration from a woman or from who we are under. And we don't really hit these areas until we're mid 40s up to 60 is because we learn how to control that. So you mean you're like, okay, everything was okay, but like I'm missing that part. And I'm like, wow, you know what I mean? And you you fulfill that side. And now you've got that inspiration back and go from there. Like we do it every yeah. day. So you see why we're, we're doing so well and successful. <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, everything. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because, you know, it's like, as I mentioned, you know, when you talk to, you know, the people that work for you and the different companies and, you know, and now my business is 100% subcontracting. So I work with loads of different companies and, and there seems to be a commonality that I, I certainly fell into. And that is the mindset that, you know, we work, we work best under pressure. Right. And which I think is total bullshit. You know, nobody works best under pressure. You know, we're, we're reactive and we're able to do things and get things done, but that nobody works best under pressure. But it's just exciting. I, that's why I think that, yeah. you know, oftentimes because, you know, why there's no work life balance uh, in a lot of companies is because it's easier for someone to get lost in the chaos at work than it is to navigate a relationship at home. And I mean, if you think about that, I mean, it's so easy to pour yourself into work where you control everything, or at least you think you control everything. But when you go home, you can't seem to make her happy no matter what, or, or, you know, you've got this list of, you know, if you, then I, and all these things and you lose control. And, and um, a lot of people really struggle. with Yeah. What would you say? In your time in your business and things like that, what would you say the greatest thing that you've learned? Okay, but get, let, let me get the question. You wish you knew when you were younger, but you know now, and you feel it's a jewel of all jewels that you want to pass on to our listeners. Well, I think that that's a good question. That's a tough. I got, I got a handful of jewels, but I would think that nothing that the schedule and the timelines, none of it matters if your home life is not sound. You know, yeah. if you're missing ball games or you're working every Saturday and you're spending half the day Sunday preparing for Monday, you're missing life. And yeah, you know, everyone has needs, and and, and, and I appreciate that. And I'm certainly not, you know, not discrediting the fact that you know that we have a lot of obligations. You know? However. You, none of it matters if if your home life is not good. None of it matters. You know, it's funny. A, a guy told me years and years ago. He asked me. I was. It was. He was a pastor of a church actually. And we were sitting down. Was getting ready to present this sidewalk to him. You know, this big new front planting, whatever. And he asks me out of the blue. I, I really didn't know the man. And uh, he says so. And I ask you, how, how's your marriage? And I looked at him and I thought, oh, you know, well, it's good. You know, I've been married, you know, 15 years. I have two kids, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
And he said to me, he said, um, if, I, if I told you that you might not be married in a year, would that be a surprise to you? And I sat there and I'm like, what the shit? I'm like, listen, and I'm thinking, you know, this, you know, he's just peeling my onion, you know, he's just, he's just uncovering the truth. And I, and I, I told him, I said, well, no, it wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, my marriage has been a bad place for a long time and, you know, I'm struggling. And, uh, and he goes, well, why don't you just quit? Why don't you just stop? You know, we, we talked about the whys and, you know, and I shared with him, it's primarily, you know, business related and, you know, just time and, you know, money, money stress and things like that. And he said, well, why don't you just stop thinking to myself, you know, that's awful easy to say, but you don't have the 38, 45 people on payroll and bills and 20, 20 trucks and all this nonsense to pay for. And, uh, you know, he told me, he said, well, what if you, you continue down this road and you, you lose your, your marriage and then your business fails? What yeah. then? Wouldn't it be better just to let the business go and focus on your marriage? And that's something like that happened to me three years ago. Somebody did it to me and it shook. It wasn't about my marriage. It was just about the life and the way I was going to general. Life. Yeah. And I mean, it, yeah. And it shook me up. Like it, it shook, shook me. me. I, I remember. Shook, I, yeah. 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 I remember staring yeah. out my kitchen window, just staring out the window and, yeah. and those words kept repeating. What if you keep this up? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's the biggest, that would be the biggest jewel going for me is that family comes first. Above all things, you know, and and nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. You know? But uh, that would be the one thing that I would change. You know, I mean, I probably would be in the same spot, and you know, that I am today. However, I mean, back in uh, 2004, okay, when I rebranded, I I said, okay, I'm going to re- change the name of the company and everything, and uh, change all of our the way we did business, and. Uh, so I named the company Stonewood and Waters. Because God is my rock, like the stone. We are like the tree or the wood that can't live without the living word, which is in the water. And every balanced landscape has three factors, stone, wood, water. So it all kind of worked together. But we made a company policy that we would no longer work Saturdays. We would no longer buy trucks. We're going to, you know, new trucks. We're going to scale back, reduce our budget so that we can work a 40-hour week. And whatever we can get done in a 40-hour week will be good enough. And obviously, snow doesn't play any of that. That's a totally different thing. But, you know, and we did that for years. And so we sacrificed in a lot of regards. We wouldn't expand. We would hold back because we didn't want our guys having this time for their family. And, you know, so. Yeah. That's truly living your your passion inside it, you know, as an owner, if you're thinking like, I just want more time with my family, but then all my employees have to suffer for that. They have to work insane hours so that I can have time. Then what kind of leader are you? If you're not looking out for your whole team, if your values aren't reflecting on your values to your employees as well, or as your team members, and you don't want them to have the same beautiful things that you do, then you're already in the wrong world. You know, you have to be thinking they're all humans too. And they want the same basic things. They all have the same human needs, right? So how do we help them get there too so they don't feel like they're being used? Yeah, exactly. It's huge. It's really awesome, dude. No, we've got to wrap it up here, Kyle. But uh, we got any parting words here for our, our listeners? I feel like, you know, it's almost like our obligation. We've been in the trenches for a long time. And I, I know you guys do this very well. And um, I would encourage others to do this as well. Pour into those other companies, those younger companies, and, you know, pass the knowledge on and talk to them and, and help them be successful because nobody, nobody succeeds if we have lots of companies doing jobs improperly and failing. But uh, yeah, if anybody wants to uh, find out more about our company or anything like that, you can go to stonewoodandwaters.com. Feel free to email me at kyle at stonewoodandwaters.com. The end is spelled out as long as balls. It's very confusing for a lot of people. <laughs> No, that's perfect. That's perfect. So, yeah, Kyle, it's yeah. been a pleasure to have you on today. I've uh, I've learned a lot, and I love connecting with you, brother. You know what I mean. I can't wait for the next UPW coming up in a few months here. Yeah, and, me, too, uh, me too. Reconnect and hear stories that are going on, and all the awesome work that you're doing, and the lives you're changing, man. And 
you know, hats off to you for mentoring as well and, you know, spreading the word. And it's so important in this industry. If we all just band together and we all try to help each other rise and everybody rises and we all come to a, a property or to a house or new project and the clients are expecting something more and that's what we want, right? They want so that they'll pay us what we're worth and we'll, they'll respect our time and give us the same respect they would give their lawyer or their doctor, right? So that's, we need to earn that first. The way we do that is by banding together and not trying to fight each other. You know, the world is not as competitive as you'd like to think. It's more about who can add the most value. That's really the goal. And it, some comes from the soul, some comes from, you know, the cost of things, whatever it might be. But if we can all band together and add the most value absolutely possible, we're all going to win. And that's really the cool part about all this. So thank you for joining us here, Kyle. Any any last words from you, Dwayne? Uh, you know, that was it. I actually did listen to, and I'll close on this one. I listened to a podcast the other day and it was a guy, he came from another industry. And he was talking about how the landscape industry, what he noticed, he's a writer. What he noticed about the landscape industry is, is that we are a band of brothers and we're creating this synergy across each other that we're not competitors anymore. We, we're not fighting each other and we're actually helping each other. We're talking to each other. We're spending more time learning from each other and teaching each other. And it's such a beautiful thing. I remember when I first started, there wasn't any of this. And, and I guess because we knew that we were behind, we knew that we could start with a wheelbarrow. So we're like us guys who finally made it to a certain level. I don't think you ever make it but you make it to a certain level. You're like, okay, now let's look back and start reaching and getting these guys up and getting these guys move faster. So we'll close on that. This industry is becoming a beautiful thing. I'm enjoying it. Kyle, thank you. It's always great. Like I said, thank you for that tip. I ignored it. I'm going to follow it tomorrow. I'll send you that basic text again just to check up ah, on you. Nice, nice. <laughs> text me in 10 days with your 100 things. Oh, no, I do three a day. I'm not going 10. I do three. <laughs> <laughs> All depends on how grateful you want to be, Dwayne. I think yeah, he's yeah. be 30. 30. 30. 30. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, brother. I love you. Keep crushing it. All right, guys. We'll talk soon. Thanks a lot. Love you guys, too. Take care. <laughs>